We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You're listening to the Bear Report Podcast with Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears for the Bear Report website. The podcast is powered by Overtime Media. Now, here's Zach and Aaron. Welcome in, Bears fans, to another edition of the Bear Report Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Pearson. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Aaron Lemming, and we are just a few days away now from the official, official start of Bears training camp, and things will start to ramp up. We have a very packed show for you today, including a very special interview uh, with a film director who's, who's producing a movie on former Chicago Bears quarterback Jim McMahon. We're going to talk a little bit about the recent moves the Bears have made um, and the recent press conferences they have held over the past couple of days. Before we get into all that, though, Aaron Lumming is here to join me. And Aaron, how you doing, man? Doing good, man. It's uh, we're getting a little closer to football, like you tweeted out a few days ago. I mean, we're I mean, we're recording this on Wednesday night, and Bears start actually practicing that you guys can actually cover yep. on uh, Monday. So we're we're getting close to some real football activity, which is wild because I mean, we're like we're talking about. I mean, this this week would have been the start of Bears preseason and obviously there's going to be no preseason but at least we'll start getting some training camp action practice action whatever you want to call it at this point so it's uh you know things are finally kind of starting to feel a little like football season little by little yeah and when we recorded what about two weeks ago players were just starting to kind of report to camp uh but they really weren't doing much it was all film work it was all studying uh they could do like very limited walkthroughs and now today, you know, as you said, we're recording this on Wednesday, the Bears are starting to ramp things up a bit. They actually had receivers and quarterbacks out on the field together. Obviously no defense uh, to go against or anything like that. But that's a good sign because, you know, next week is when things really start to ramp up and start to get going. 
Uh, I believe they'll be kind of, you know, in their shells and, and, and doing a little more starting next week. But by the end of the week, and maybe into the following week, you know, they're going to be kind of going um, full go. And, and like you said, no preseason. They haven't had any offseason stuff. And right now it would be the first preseason game. I'm kind of curious to see how fast they go because we're about three weeks here, three to four weeks away from the start of the season. So these next couple of weeks would be very important for uh, the Bears training camp wise. Absolutely. I mean, and like we talked about multiple times, I mean, they're running on a very, very limited and compact schedule right now. Um, not only do they have to cut from 80 players down to 53 and then form their 16 uh, player practice squad, but they've got um, cornerback situation to get figured out, the safety situation to get figured out, quarterback, obviously. I mean, there's there's a lot to learn um, for you know, a lot of this roster and some key positions in a very small amount of time. So hopefully they're going to use their time wisely and hopefully they're not going to limit what you guys can report. And, you know, it's just one of those things that hopefully we're not looking back at this here in, you know, three weeks when they announce a quarterback, the starting quarterback and announce some of these other areas and wondering how they got there with little to no context and explanation. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. And I, I think it's going to be pretty standard to what we've seen over the past couple of years. Um, you know, we, we can only live tweet certain stuff. Uh, we can fully report stuff after. I think their general rule is kind of, you know, when Matt, Nag- when, when Matt Nagy says something, you can kind of, you know, report on it in terms of injuries. And um, if he says anything about, you know, personnel or formations, which he usually doesn't, but it should be kind of, you know, standard mills and run of the mill where, um, there not be, there won't be really much live tweeting during the practices. But from what I understand is, it, it's going to be like Bourbon A. We're going to have access to all the practices. It won't be the limited, you know, 15, 20 minutes we get during the season. It's going to be all 15 open practices between August 17th and September 3rd. So, yeah, I mean, Bears fans are just going to have to live through the media here these next couple weeks and. I haven't seen on Twitter. I think the Buccaneers have been uh, live streaming practices. I want to say the Raiders have a plan to live stream practices. I don't think the Bears are going to live stream practices. And, and you and I talked about it last week. I mean, ever since you know Ryan Pace has been here, they've kind of been very strict on things like that. They don't want things getting out for whatever reason. So I, if you're a fan sitting there thinking, oh, maybe, maybe we'll get to watch them live stream stuff, I don't think it's going to happen. I could be wrong. I just can't picture them doing that. Yeah, I could see maybe like, uh, you know, kind of like what they do for family night or whatever, where they kind of, you know, do some small things like that, where they allow, I I just, yeah, for the most part, I mean, they're going to play it the whole, you know, secrecy is, you know, because everybody wants the Bears offensive playbook at this point. Everybody wants to know what the Bears are going to be doing offensively, because, you know, they're just such a great (laughs) example how to run a really good NFL offense. So it, you know, it is what it is. This is the same thing. I'm not going to beat it into the, into the ground at this point, but yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, you would obviously know better than any of us at this point. Um, probably don't expect a ton. Um, you're really going to have to read the tea leaves within articles that are written by, you know, anybody who's there. Um, and hopefully the media will get creative in terms of how they ask questions to Nagy after practice and so on and so forth. But, I mean, either way, the good news is we're about a month away from the season starting. So at least in terms of like, you know, these burning questions that we've had for months on end now, at least they're going to be answered in one way, shape or form before too long, because I mean, they're running out of time before the season starts. Yeah. And speaking of the season starting, um, the bears have actually made a couple moves here. 
on, I believe it was Tuesday, they officially announced it. But last week, uh, Jordan Lucas opted out to safety, um, who was expected to be the, the four-string safety and, and a big special teams contributor. Now, this week, the Bears have addressed that. They've essentially brought in another depth piece, um, signing DB, Mark, I'm going to probably butcher his name, but Marquis Christian, who spent the last four seasons with the Rams. He was a um, fifth-round pick of the Arizona Cardinals in the 2016 NFL Draft. And, you know, he played in all 16 games for the Rams last season at 34 tackles, two passes defensed. But he's not a guy that's really going to come in and, 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 and compete for the strong safety spot. I mean, they'll probably give him a shot at it. But the other thing to note is he's suspended two weeks, the first two weeks of the season for an undisclosed reason. So he, the Bears won't even have him until week three. And essentially you want your starting safety, your strong safety, whoever wins that job, to be your week one starter, you know, likely going to be Tayshawn Gibson. To make room for Christian, uh, the Bears pretty much ended their kicker competition or, you know, what was their kicker competition by um, re- releasing Ramiz Ahmad literally hours later. So it's Eddie Pinero's going to be your week one kicker. No shocker there. And, you know, to me, like I said, it's just a depth piece. It's someone that can come in and, and be that fourth safety on the roster and maybe provide a little extra special teams value. Yeah, that's basically what it is. I know I can't and I cannot remember who actually broke the signing, but whoever broke the signing on Twitter basically said something that he he's going to come in and challenge for you know starting time. I don't see that being the case. I mean, the Bears really like Deion Bush. Still not really sure why. And obviously they've liked Deshaun Gibson for a while. I mean, they tried signing him last year um, and obviously signed him this year after he was cut. So. I think they're they're pretty well solidified there. I'm still not buying the competition. I still think it's going to be Gibson week one. But here's the thing, you know, with with Christian, he's kind of one of those guys where after two weeks, if you want to keep him on the roster, you got an exemption for those first two weeks. You can kind of see how things play out. Uh, they they clearly want some DB depth, and Christian can also play in the slot as well and kind of be that uh, that dime DB that DeAndre Houston Carson was at points for them last year as well, and kind of the same thing as like a Sherrick McManus. So it'll be interesting. I, I think that there's obviously some interest there, and you know it'll be interesting to see how things play out. But I mean, I'm not counting on it. it. Let's just put it this way: if he's in there starting at that point over you know three other safeties, you know the two starters and then Bush, I'm assuming, then things have gone terribly wrong at that position, and there's been some serious injuries there. So you know we'll, we'll see. At this point in time, I mean, I know a lot of people are looking to like Snacks Harrison or. Uh, you know, Marcel Darius and, and and players like that. I don't think the Bears are going to make any of the big moves. I think basically what they're going to do is they're going to take all that cap space that they saved with Goldman opting out and, and the different things that they've done um, to create some cap space. And I'm going to roll that directly over in the next year because, I mean, at very worst, the cap's going to be at you know, about $175 million, which is almost, you know, it's, it's basically uh, $24 million less than it is right now. Uh, that's a very worst case scenario, but I mean, the Bears still have to sign Allen Robinson at some point. I mean, they got to extend him at some point. Uh, they've also got a quarterback situation where um, they got to figure out if they're going to have to go out and pay somebody, uh, whether that's in a trade, whatever it is, or you know, if they got their answer on the roster. I mean, there's just so many question marks on this team right now, moving forward in terms of financial uh, security and just what they're going to do with their cap space to where. I just don't see any other real big moves being made, which is fine. I mean, really, if you look at it, Eddie Goldman played less than 50% of the snaps last year. John Jenkins is not a replacement. I think Eddie Goldman is not a, uh, you know, one-for-one replacement, should I say. Um, you know, Eddie Goldman's a very valuable piece of this defense, especially when you're talking about the run defense. 
But I think that they can get creative enough to where, you know, with John Jenkins and with some of the other guys, even the King Hicks can slide, uh, you know, that nose tackle position from time to time. I think that they can fill the void without having to go out and spend a few million on and coax somebody out of, you know, being on the fence of, of playing this year, like a Snacks Harrison. I don't think that minimum is going to do it for him. I mean, Mike Daniels uh, just signed a, a one-year deal, and I think he got up to, I think it was like close to $3 million. So, I mean, I, I don't know that that's a worthy expenditure for the Bears right now, especially when you're looking forward to 2021 and 2022 and even 2023 at this point in terms of cap space and what they're already going to have to do and what they're already working with. Yeah, they're going to be in a little bit of a tough situation next season where, you know, you might have to make a tough decision on, you know, two or three key players to kind of, you know, save that cap space. And with what's going on and and, and no fans and stuff like that, the NFL is expected to kind of lower that cap a little bit. Um, That's another story for down the road, though. we got much more to talk here on the Bear Report podcast. We're going to hit our first break of the show. We'll be right back after this. The Old West is an iconic period of American history. I'm Chris Wimmer. Join me on the Legends of the Old West podcast to hear the true stories of lawmen like Wyatt Earp, Bass Reeves, and the Texas Rangers, outlaws like Jesse James and Butch and Sundance, and Native American battles of the Lakota, Comanche, and Apache. We use cinematic storytelling and sound design to bring these stories and many more to life. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. Welcome back into the Bear Report podcast. And as Aaron and I both mentioned earlier, the Bears are going to start ramping things up here at Hallis Hall. Uh, The past couple weeks, you know, we've had access to a few players via Zoom meetings. And one of the most recent ones was third-year linebacker Roquan Smith. He's going into a big year of his NFL career here in 2020. And, and, you know, he met with the media, and I believe it was the day before, it was last Thursday, we got to talk, you know, to the assistant coaches, the position coaches for the first time. I believe since early June, there was some interesting stuff on Roquan Smith, you know, talking about his going into his third year of the defense. He, he seems, you know, mentally ready, physically ready. Um, he, he was fortunate enough, you know, with the injury, as fortunate as you can get to have that early access into Hales Hall. And, you know, it sounds like he really is making the most of it. He was in the building um, as one of the only players that could come in the building due to an injury. So that's good news. But then Roquan, when he talked on Friday, he went, uh, I, can't, I think he went after Danny Trevathan. They had both inside linebackers. Um, and, and, you know, he was actually asked, so, you know, how are you feeling? What are you doing? Um, have you put on any muscle? Stuff like that. And he pretty much said, yeah, I feel like I'm at 100%. Uh, he put on a couple pounds, which, you know, caught the attention of some people. But he also had a good point. I mean, typically – players do come into camp a couple pounds overweight because they're going to shed it pretty damn quick. I mean, it's only going to take two to three weeks uh, of full practices out there for him to shed those pounds and kind of put that muscle on. He says he's in better shape. Um, you know, he, he says it, it could help his game. And, and a player coming off an injury, I'm fine hearing that. As long as he's confident he, he is in shape and can take that next step, I think I'm fine with that in hearing what Roquan had to say. Well, I think the big thing right now is just, I mean, he's got to hes got to up the ante on his performance. I mean, there's just really, and it's kind of like Chuck Pagano pointed out, you know, like he has played well in spots, but he's also been inconsistent. And that's kind of the key. Like you take 
a guy like Roquan Smith that high, you know, top 10 draft pick, a, a top 10 draft pick at inside linebacker. Um, and I mean, he's got to be, he's got to be the guy. I mean, there's just really no other way around that, especially when you look at some of the other uh, linebackers that are taking that same draft class. Like he has got to be better and more consistent than he has. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things, like I used to laugh at it all the time with baseball. You know, these guys are coming to spring training, talk about the best shape of their life. They're in better shape, you know. We don't. We're not going to know anything really until, especially this year, until we see him week one and on. I mean, the big thing again is just going to be consistently. He has the talent. He has the the mindset. I mean, he's he's a smart dude. Like, it's just really. I mean, this is where he's going to put it together. I mean, like you pointed out, he's going into year three. They spent a top ten draft pick on him. Uh, I mean, I felt like out of all the picks that Ryan Pace has made, like he was probably the safest pick that they made. And not to say he's been a bad player because he hasn't, but. Again, when you take a guy top 10 like that, you're expecting elite production. And I think he has the absolutely has the ability to be, you know, an elite top end linebacker. Uh, But, you know, we need to see it and we need to see it consistently. And I think that's going to be the big thing moving forward. I mean, nothing's changed with the two stars at linebacker. Obviously, with Trevathan coming back, the depth has taken a massive hit with Kwiatkowski and Kevin Pierre-Lewis going. But at the same time, uh, you know, the, the, the stars haven't changed. And as long as Danny Trevathan is healthy, he's going to be a really good player. I mean, he was really good last year, too, before he got hurt. I think a lot of people kind of forget that. Um, but, I, yeah, again, I mean, Rokon Smith is a younger guy. He is absolutely more of the future. Um, and we need to see a more consistent product. And, I mean, just bluntly said, a, a, just a plain, flat-out better product out of him than what we've seen the first two years. Yeah, and I think, you know, when, when it comes to Roquan Smith, I think everyone looks at last season, and, and I've seen it being called a disappointment um, and, and, you know, maybe take a step back. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I look at the guy, and I think it was disappointment in terms of he couldn't stay healthy. He missed the final four games of the season, or final three, I think it was, of the season. And then he had that weird, um, you know, uh, situation where it caused him to miss the week four win um, over the uh, Minnesota Vikings. And we still don't know what really went on with that. And I think in terms of that, okay, yeah, it's a disappointment. But I mean, you look and 101 combined tackles, which was only 21 off of what he had last season. And if he plays those four games, he's, he's probably got that number. He's probably going to have at least five tackles over every game of those four. The one interceptions there, um, the pass defense were down by three. The sacks were down by three. Um, the quarterback hits were down by three. And the, and the tackles for loss were down by three. His rookie year, he was really damn good. And I think, you know, it started off a little slow for him. He didn't start that week one game against Green Bay in his rookie season. And one thing I looked at Roquan was, you know, he, he's going to be good and run in run situations when he has to. He's got that football IQ. You, you can tell he understands what's going on in the field. What he struggled with was pass coverage, especially early on in his career. And I think that's kind of normal for rookie linebackers to have happen to them. You're going to struggle with assignments going up against these tight ends or running backs out of the backfield. Sometimes, you know, when you're matched up on receivers. And as the year went on, I thought he got a lot better in the pass coverage. Um, I don't think he's at where you want him to be. And I think that's kind of where um, maybe that word disappointment comes in again. Um, because you, you saw some of the same problems last season in pass coverage where he kind of looked lost out there. He'd lose his man or, or he'd get beat a couple times. Overall, though, I thought Roquan had a fine year. It's just, you know, he couldn't stay healthy, and he didn't really take that next step, like you said, 
um, com- compared to some of the other guys in his draft class, like, you know, Tremaine Edmonds uh, in Buffalo. So I think Roquan's on a good track and good pace here. I, I think he'll have a good bounce back season. We just have to see that happen here in 2020. And I think it'd make a lot of Bears fans feel much better about their the future of their defense if that does happen. Again, it just comes down to consistency and consistently playing at the high, higher level. And again, he, he's a good player. It's just... Again, when you do, when you take, and I keep saying that word, but when you keep, you know, when you take a guy top ten, especially at inside linebacker, he needs to be really damn good. And I would say Roquan Smith has been good, and at times he's been really damn good, but he hasn't been consistently at that level. And I think that's really what the Bears are looking for. And I mean, again, I mean, this defense is going to be a really good defensive unit again, but it would be really nice to see. Roquan take that next step and you know a few of these other guys kind of take the next step forward and maybe we'll just have to see but again I think a lot of it just comes down to you know consistently playing better and and raising that bar and that level of play up just a little bit more than what it has been so I'll say this um are are you confident he'll get a long-term deal with the Bears I, I mean, I would think so, as long as he can stay on the field. I, I mean, it may not be like a super high-dollar contract, but, I, I mean, it, it, it kind of reaches a point at some point where Ryan Pace has got to, you know, actually start signing some of his draft picks, especially, well, I should save some of his first-round draft picks. So, yeah, yeah. I'd say I, I'd say that de- that's definitely coming. I mean, this is going to be a big year for it, you know. Um, it, we'll just obviously have to see what happens, but – it would be nice if he has a solid year and the Bears are able to maybe, you know, extend him. Well, I guess they have the fifth-year option on him as well, so I guess they have more control than I thought. So, yeah, I guess they're probably another year or two out from me even having to think about that. But, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's always good, to, especially your first-round draft picks. I mean, you definitely don't want the Kevin Whites of the world or really right now like Trubisky or even Leonard Floyd where you have him for four years, he plays all right, and then – you know, you basically end up pulling back that fifth-year option and allowing him to, you know, go to a different team and sign a guy that's, you know, four years older than him. So, yeah, I mean, obviously it would benefit the Bears tremendously to be able to lock him down and lock him down because he's a, a really good player. Yeah, and I think so, too. You know, compared to Leonard Floyd, Kevin White, um, Mitch Trubisky, those those first round picks that Ryan Pace has had. I think, you know, Roquan is probably the best bet to get that long-term contract and, and be here for a while. I tend to agree with you. I think, you know, he wasn't dominant in the form of it was consistent. And, you know, that could also be, Hey, you're dominant for 14 games. You maybe have two bad games for him. It was more, he was still in that rookie season starting to kind of put it together. We saw at the end of the year, he needed to have a big 2019, a consistent one. And it just didn't happen for whatever reason, you know, the injuries, the, the, the weird situation he had before week four and, and some in his gameplay. I just feel good about the prospects of him being still the future of the inside linebacker position. And like you said, as long as Danny Trevathan stays healthy, that's a really damn good inside linebacking core one, two um, in terms of starters. Now, looking forward, you're probably going to have to eventually draft Danny Trevathan's replacement because the death behind them is uh, is not too good right now. Um, as it stands going into this season. So that's a conversation for another day. Aaron, let's get actually get into our interview that we had, and we'll come back and wrap things up with what Matt Nagy had to say today. So we interviewed filmmaker C.J. Wallace of 40 FPS. There's a new film that's going to document Jim McMahon's life after football and the struggles he's he's had to deal with with CTE and the battles he goes through every day. 
this was a great interview that Aaron and I did. You know, CJ really provided some really good information and insight on how this all came to be, um, what should we should expect, and kind of what he's expecting as the film you know starts to go in production. He's going to head down to Arizona. Um, I believe he said in a couple of weeks. So here's our interview with CJ Walls. We'll be right back after this to kind of wrap things up with what Matt Nagy said today. And now joining us here on the Bear Report podcast is a very special guest. There is a brand new documentary supposed to release in 2021 on former Chicago Bears quarterback Jim McMahon is titled Mad Mac. And we have the chance here to sit down with filmmaker CJ Walls of 40 FPS. He's joining Aaron and I right now to talk about the documentary and kind of what's ahead for him. First off, CJ, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Of course. Thanks for having me. It's great. Yeah, and, and I, you know, I got the press release about the new documentary, and right away, dude, I was super excited because there's been so many, like, 85 Bears documentaries out there, and, you know, A Football Life has done Walter Payton and, and Mike Singletary, but, like, I feel like there was never really anything done on Jim McMahon, and, you know, for Bears fans, they know a lot about his playing career. I, I think most know a lot about his post-playing career, um, so, so a lot of people are excited about this. How did this idea kind of come about for you to, to make this documentary? Uh, I was playing Super Tecmo Bowl 2 <laughs> on an airplane, okay. and, uh, and, and, and uh, I, I took the Eagles, and it just, I, I saw his name again, and it just sort of like, it sprung, it just, you just sort of, when you do this job, it just, things just sort of like, it sort of just all felt, I just remembered the whole story, and just remembered all the documentaries, and, and as you said, he's, he's, He's never been in the shadows, but he, he's kind of not really got his his deserved uh, uh, explanation of his story uh, as complete as it as it should be. And um, and so right there, I I just started to do my usual thing where I reach out on Twitter and start harassing them until they pay attention. <laughs> that's that's awesome, and it's it's kind of crazy because I mean, before we kind of got into you know recording this with you, you know, just kind of looking at what you'd done, and it's like you played 15 years as a hockey goaltender, and then all of a sudden, you know, you, you make the switch into filmmaking. And I mean, now you're just going full on football. One of the greatest era, especially for Bears fans, obviously, you know, the, the, the 85 team, the Super Bowl era of the glory years of the Bears. Uh, I'm just kind of curious, what got you into filmmaking to begin with? And also kind of as a piggyback question, what made Jim McMahon so interesting for you, even coming from maybe a hockey background, kind of switching into football? Yeah, um, I would say that my dad used to owe it, like he was my coach growing up, you know, the usual, usual story of that. Um, uh, so he would film a lot of my practices and games and it became more interesting to me. Like when I'd make a save, I'd be like, oh, that's going to be awesome for the little highlight reel that I show nobody that I'm going to cut together. And eventually that's just sort of like it transitioned and I'm five foot seven and like 130 pounds now. So I would imagine when I was, you know, coming up, trying to make the NHL when they wanted six foot goaltenders. I was, you know, whatever I was, I, I was not, it, it was way too difficult. It didn't seem like it was going to happen. Um, so, uh, and plus it, it just sort of a logical thing. It's like hockey in the best case, you, you get to go to maybe 35 or 40 if you're the greatest ever and, and filmmaking you can do until you're, until you're not around anymore. So it just seemed like, uh, 
the, the smarter way to go and, and less time in the gym and, and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, the second question was, I'm sorry, the follow-up Yeah, the question. second question was just, just uh, your curiosity with Jim McMahon and kind of what brought this along to where you would want to do uh, this type of film with the Bears' former quarterback. Right. Um, I mean, part of the, I mean, th- there's nothing scarier to me than, than I'm, I'm a, a little bit of a hypochondriac. So there's a, there's nothing scarier to me than, uh, than you starting to fall apart. And there's nothing more than your memory. Like you are your memory essentially, obviously, right there. Uh, so the second that starts to go, that's, that just, uh, that, that triggers something in me that just, and you know, obviously at the stories that everybody knows about him, you know, all the, the craziness and stuff like that. So just the, 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 the duality of the story and just how severe it is. And, and it just seems to always be swept under the rug or, or, or not fully dug into. And I, I, that's what I hope to do with this to, to, you know, not, not make something super depressing, but just, you know, just really handle it without any judgment or anything. Just, just show what it was for him and, 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 and for, you know, the teammates that, that didn't have the same, you know, uh, fortunate outcome as, as he's had. And, you know, with, you know, a subject like this, uh, you know, an athlete, and, and I think you kind of touched on it there that everyone wants, you know, they know the story about the football player, what he's done on the field. Um, you know, life after football, Jim, is, for Jim has been, you know, kind of rough. He's opened up about it uh, numerous times. You know, he's a big advocate for CTE awareness. As a filmmaker, you know, I'm curious, how do you approach, you know, a subject like that um, with a guy who was known as, you know, the tough, the punky QB of, of the Chicago Bears, of the world champion Chicago Bears? How do you yourself kind of approach um, an individual like that to kind of get this thing going? Um, just, like I said, I just, I wrote him an email and, uh, and, and, and just sort of made my pitch and just said that I wanted to tell his story and, and, you know, everybody's heard about the mooning and, and, and Belichick and all that sort of stuff. But, and, you know, obviously we're going to, we need to have all that stuff in there. It's his life story. So there's, we need to hit all the bullet points still, but, but like I said, it's just, it, even in that 30 for 30, they kind of went into it, but it just sort of like, it was just like a thing. And then they kind of went on to the next thing. And it was just sort of, you know, I just felt, I, when I saw that, it just, it just, it just seems like, I don't know. I, I just want to martyr for some of these people that it just seems like they're, they're not getting swept under the rug. That's not the right word at all, but it's just like they're going through this thing. They gave all these people so much joy and they're, and it's not that they're forgotten whatsoever, but it's just like the struggles that they go through this day-to-day stuff is just not on Instagram and, and nobody really knows about it. So it's just, I don't know. There's just something in me that wants to get that out as I can. And as a I'm hockey goal, as here. a hockey goalie, I got hit a few times in the head and, and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and so it's like, that's, that's alarming to me. You know, I, I got out early and didn't have any injuries really, but at the same time I was, whatever, I was 10 and getting hit on the head with vulcanized rubber. So like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. And I've done a little bit of stuff for, um, in the UFC world recently and uh, just sort of seeing, you know, the CT and, and stuff in, in that's that's in that world too it's just it's 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 scary and and uh i just feel like it's 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 an amazing story uh of jim and and i i'm very honored to be able to to tell it i'm definitely curious here too i mean is this in terms of obviously you know we're 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 a bear you know podcast and stuff like that but like you pointed out and this is something that we've talked about on the podcast multiple times is 
sports are entertainment, right? But there's there's still the people playing these sports, these athletes are still human beings. And right. there's there's a whole different side to what goes on when they're not on the field and when they're no longer on the field. And I'm kind of curious, and I think I kind of have my answer, but I just kind of want to see what you have to say. So I'm assuming that the what you guys are doing and what what your main goal is out of this is more to shed light on Jim McMahon, the person and the struggles that he's had versus the, you know, the, the success that he had and, and just kind of more of an untold story about that 1985 Bears team and, and what could have been. Is that is that would that be a correct assumption? Yeah, I'm kind of I've kind of been jokingly referencing it that I was going to kind of do it like full metal jacket. Where like the first half is kind of like one thing and then the second half is kind of the other thing, but the whole thing is one thing. Um, so, you know, like the first half of it would just be, like you said, sort of the, you know, a lot more getting into the life of Jim. And, you know, obviously, like I said, we, of course, we want to talk about the football stuff, but, but yeah, I, I feel like the, the ratio needs to be as much about Jim as, as that others, as uh, what everybody already knows. And I think that's kind of to answer your other question, maybe a little bit better. That's kind of what got me into directing is watching the movies. And like, I'd hear the behind the scenes stories about, you know, somebody trashing a set or doing whatever. And I wanted to be there for all of them that got out. Like I didn't like, and not in a gossipy way, but just like there was something more exciting about knowing what was happening behind just the, the pre pre packaged thing that I'm watching on television. So I guess that's something to, to Jim's thing that, that yes, he's the icon, but also it's just like, I think as much about the players right now that are quit and, you know, as as uh, as their good stuff so i guess that's a rambly answer to uh <laughs> to uh just yeah just to say that that's it's uh it just really sticks to me that that um that not enough people i guess pay attention to it i i, I don't know and, and with a film you know supposed to release in 2021 where are you guys kind of at right now? Um, I believe production's just about to start. Can you tell our listeners kind of what the process is and, and, and what's going to kind of maybe happen in the next few weeks or few months for you? Yeah. Um, well, I've, I uh, do a lot of the jobs on the film myself and the ones that I don't do, my producer and girlfriend, uh, Mallory Kennedy, does. Um, so it's actually pretty easy for us to do these because it doesn't really cost very much because I just defer... I don't charge myself to do the stuff. Um, so we can just sort of uh, just head towards uh, wherever Jim is and, and, and you know, the people that he lines up for us to interview. Um, uh, like we're trying to get uh, Jeremy Roenick lined up and a few people that, you know, that he has the pack with and, the, um, you know, and, uh, and that's basically it. We'll get a, you know, the handful of interviews and, and, um, a good chunk of the story is obviously pretty easy to tell because it's been told a hundred times, but, you know, to, to get enough interviews and stuff to make that uh, feel a little bit more refreshing. Um, and then, yeah, it's, it's basically just uh, back to me in my apartment in uh, LA and um, I'll probably take a, a month or so to cut it and do a little bit of animation. And then uh, we start pitching it around. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, and I, and I think this is going to be, a really good thing kind of going back to what we're talking about a little bit earlier with just giving the other side of the coin and in terms of what these players are going through in each sport you know and it's it's one of those things again where we as fans can sit back and we can watch these games and we can you know enjoy the entertainment aspect but there's such a different side of especially post-career with a lot of players I mean when you think CTE 
you know, you don't think quarterbacks, you don't think, you know, you don't think about those type of positions. I mean, you're thinking linebackers, you're thinking receivers, you're thinking the more contact ridden players, but with right. a guy like Jimmy Mann, I mean, he took a lot of punishment over the years and, you know, I honestly, I don't really have any other questions because I think you've done a great job of really kind of painting what exactly is going to go on. I think it's an awesome thing. And I, and I think it's something that absolutely needs to have more light shed on it. Um, and, and hopefully in turn, it will open up fans to another side of the reality that these guys aren't just pawns in, in a game that we watch and that they have real lives and that there are repercussions and that there are reasons that these guys want the health care that they that they deserve and that they want the money that you know that they're asking for when they sign these contracts and that it may not be as easy um, for them as it is for fans just to say okay well he's not with the team anymore he's not playing anymore who cares you know he's on the back burner and I, I just I like I said I mean it's not really a question but I think honestly what you're aiming to do here uh, is an excellent thing and I think it's absolutely going to give fans another side that sometimes I think we all need to be reminded that these are human beings and that they do have lives outside of the sports that we watch and the entertainment aspect that we watch so I'm extremely excited I don't know if Zach has any other questions for you but it sounds like this is going to be a, an interesting spin because like you said this has been done multiple times especially with the Bears and the different aspects that have gone on but just kind of getting the more uh, aspect of everything the physical aspect the CTE aspect I mean it's going to be fantastic to watch and, and very entertaining for sure yeah and we've got um, uh, Scott Rosa I believe his name I, I should have I, I've got a hundred names I'm trying to remember right this second but Scott Rosa his um, his uh, surgeons agreed to, to, to let us come out there too so oh, I don't wow. know so hopefully we'll be able to get some you know some footage of maybe him getting the the uh, you know the surgery or or not the surgery you know what I'm trying to say the procedure yeah procedure um, yeah yeah so I mean he he's the, he's like the, you know the guardian angel of the story so uh, if you know the story so um, having him on board too he's just like the second I emailed him he was just like anything Jim is a great and, and that's I mean not that I'm surprised but like every single person that has emailed me or DM me or, or said anything has been like, Jim is I'll do, I'll lay down in traffic for this man. And it's, it's incredible to see. And I said, I'm, I'm, it's not, it's not movie BS talk. I'm, I'm couldn't be more uh, honored to, to be able to be doing this. It's, I think it's, I, as you said, unapologetically, I think it's going to be a very cool thing. Um, it's his story. So I feel like I can say that without it sounding like, you know, a Kanye West thing. I'm <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I actually do have a, I do have one or two more questions to ask you before you kind of leave. And they're, they're kind of just mm -hmm. easy ones, you know, with, without giving any names or anything, cause I don't want you to give away anything. Um, should the audience, you know, should people expect um, mostly like teammate interviews or is it kind of like, you know, range, you know, friends, family, uh, former teammates, maybe former players that didn't play with Jim that kind of knew them, or is it kind of just, you know, maybe just, just former teammates? No, no. Um, as it is right now, I'm working with his uh, his son Zach really closely. Okay. Um, so he's uh, he's been going all over the place and getting me pictures, and and he's my he's my TMZ for uh, for Jim, and awesome. uh, he's been getting me all sort. He's like, oh, I thought about this person who he hasn't seen since this since this time, and I'm like, okay, well, don't tell him. <laughs> oh, that that's so, even great if it's a yeah, surprise yeah. to him. Yeah, well, of course, because that's that's the only other thing that I can. I mean, he can be surprised by the shots or seeing like the animation and be like, "Oh, that's I didn't expect that" or whatever. But I kind of like to have some elements of like the the Price Is Right documentary we did. 
we had this super this price is right super fan and he didn't know that we had roger dobkowitz the producer and then we got bob barker so like that i mean that was that's as best as you can do in prices right for him and he was stoked so that's so uh we're trying to get as many uh bob barkers as we can i actually i gotta ask you about that because i watched that documentary um and it was fantastic. The, uh, for those that don't know, it's called Perfect Bid, the contestant who knew too much. And, it, and it's about this contestant who literally knew everything about The Price is Right. And I was watching it with my wife and we were fascinated watching yeah. that. How fun was that for you to make? It was, uh, well, see, that's, yeah. See, that might be a long story. It was very fun <laughs> to make because Ted is amazing. And Ted filmed his stuff in five hours and he didn't have notes. He sat there and went, on this day in 1984, at this episode title, I did this, 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 this person, he knew everything. Oh it's ridiculous. And if I knew about fair usage rights back in the day, I could have saved myself a lot of money with licensing fees. Oh my God. He said everything down to these mil- to the frame of everything that happened, uh, which sets up why I was saying that uh, the, once Roger Dobkowitz and Bob Barker got involved, uh, Fremantle Media, who owns American Idol and 90% of everything in the world, was like, hey, what the hell are you doing? And then it was making me recut things and change the rules. And 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 I, I won't use the word blackmailing me, but it was a very, uh, it was a very uh, sketchy three months with my life savings on the line. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's, so, <laughs> that's wild, man. <laughs> so like 80% of the story got out. Um, so I'm thinking once things calm down, uh, and like the five year anniversary or something, I might put all like the scandalous stuff on on YouTube and 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 get the last little bit out. But but as you said, Ted is fascinating. <laughs> that that documentary literally was one of my favorites that I've watched in probably the last five to ten years at least. It oh. it was so good. I me and my wife enjoyed it. And uh, if if the McMahon one is anything like that, I I think everyone's gonna be in for real treats. Oh, cool. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no yeah. problem. And I mean, Ted is, you know, Ted would be very easy to edit to make him look silly. And, and like, that's the thing I, ha- I have. I have compassion for these people that like yeah. go on these quests and martyr themselves. And so, I mean, it's the same thing. I, I, I told Jim from the jump and I don't think he would have accepted if, if he would have thought otherwise. But like, I had no intention of like making him look wacky or silly or, or, or make him look dopey or anything like that. It's just like, I have such a compassion. It's like, it breaks my heart that, that you go like the duality of of sports and, and how things can go like that. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's a fascinating story and I can't wait to do it. CJ, thanks again for joining us, man. Um, if you have any social media to plug or, or your website, uh, where, can our, where can our listeners actually find you? Uh, everything is just at 40 FPS uh, frames per second. Um, and uh, yeah, that's it at 40 FPS.com. Uh, and and all the social is, is that perfect, and, and we'll have to have you on again. Uh, maybe when the film uh, debuts, we'll uh, have you on and kind of get some more thoughts. I know you can't really share everything right now, um, but yeah, that'd be great if we could have you back on again. Absolutely, anytime. Welcome back in here, the Bear Report Podcast. That was our interview with filmmaker C.J. Wallace of Forty FPS. Look for Mad Mac to be released in 2021. It's going to tell the story in life after football for former Chicago Bears quarterback Jim McMahon. We're excited about it. That was a very fun interview to do. So, Aaron, today, um, getting back onto the current Bears topic, Matt Nagy met the media and, and kind of revealed some things as to where the team is at right now. 
Uh, obviously, the biggest thing he revealed was that you know the, the quarterbacks were out there and they were throwing to the wide receivers on routes with no defense. He went on to say he was kind of happy with the timing for where it's at. And kind of my takeaway from it is, you know, we saw the news that, that Mitch Trubisky set up these workouts and, and, and there might be a little bit of an advantage for him to kind of know these wide receivers and be on the same page and have the same timing with them. But listening to Matt Nagy today, he said, you know, positive things about Nick Foles. He said positive things about Mitch Trubisky. Both quarterbacks were where they need to be with timing. And it makes me believe there really is no advantage for Mitch Trubisky with those extra workouts this offseason. Well, and, you know, I, I, I feel like, I feel like a lot of people want to put value, added value where it's not, right? And the, the reality is quite simple. Trubisky can work out as much as he wants with any of the current players. He could work out with Jerry Rice. It doesn't matter. Because once the pads come on and once things actually get serious, that's when things are really going to show one way or another. That's not a slam on Trubisky. That's just the reality. I mean, I'd be saying the same thing if Nick Foles was doing that. It just is what it is at this point. The reality of the situation is, you know, this quarterback competition isn't wasn't going to be won and lost, you know, what they did in the offseason, what quarterback coach they worked with, you know, when they moved to Chicago, who they were working with when they got here. None of that is going to matter once they all get on the field and, and again you know it's nice to it's nice to have you know it, it it's nice to have Nagy saying nice things right now about both quarterbacks but I think the key context here with his comments today were they weren't throwing against I mean they were simply running routes and probably you know kind of at walkthrough speed and doing different things you know, you you would like to think that any NFL quarterback is going to have good accuracy at this point in time. Again, you know, and that's kind of what Matt Nagy said today is, let's see what happens when there's defense out on the field and when they're actually getting physical in these one-on-one situations and the seven-on-sevens, uh, you know, when, when guys are getting hit and when there's different, different pressure and stuff going on for the quarterback, you know, how are these quarterbacks going to respond in those moments? And I think that's going to be the big key moving forward. You know, obviously we've been starved and I mean, absolutely starved for information because they haven't been doing anything as a group. Um, but I would also say in terms of what Nagy said today and just kind of what we're going to hear for the rest of the week until they really start practicing next week uh, and going through drills with actual defenses and some competition going on. I would take everything very, very, very lightly um, until things actually matter. I mean, Nagy basically said that today. I mean, the competition really doesn't start until there's actual competition out on the field and throwing to wide open receivers in a walkthrough type situation isn't that. Yeah, and most of that talk was the quarterback play and the quarterback competition. And he also kind of went into, he was asked about, you know, the best case scenario and, you know, for a timeline of making a decision on the starting quarterback. And he said it's just going to be fluid. I mean, they really haven't done much on the field stuff, so we're not anywhere close to it. And with training camp essentially ending September 3rd, I'd imagine that's probably going to be around the time, maybe a couple of days before, maybe a couple of days after even, where we're going to know who the winner is on this um, quarterback competition. Because like you said, right now, it's going to be pretty much standard stuff that Matt Nagy is going to be telling us. There's no defense out there to, to, to guard the wide receivers and, and for Trubisky or Foles to throw against. So that, that kind of makes a problem. You need to see them in, in as much live action as you can. And all offseason we heard, Matt Nagy says that the Bears are going to get creative. They're going to, every rep's essentially going to matter. They're going to have to get creative with drills and 
and look at the how they get in and out of the huddle and 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 who's got command of the huddle, things like that, not just the play. However, the play is going to be arguably the biggest thing about it uh, for this in terms of this quarterback competition. So, yeah, not really much more from Nagy today. The only things we really got were mostly quarterback uh, questions. We got a couple on, you know, no crowd noise. There's going to be no fans in the stands. Um, talked a little bit about college football and the process of getting the practice schedule together. But overall, really nothing much, unless there was anything that kind of stood out to you, Aaron. No, not really. I mean, a lot of it's just kind of coach speak right now again. I mean, we're just now seeing these guys kind of start to get out on the field a little bit and do minor things. So, no, I, I think a lot of the, the the weight of the words and everything else that's, that, that's actually going to be of value is going to start next week when these guys are actually out doing – you know, football activities. And again, when there's real competition to be created and to play against is when things are going to start getting real. And again, I mean, there's only really going to be three weeks to that before they're going to have to make a decision. So it's going to be very interesting to see how much they evaluate the quarterback situation and what their factors are behind it. Yeah. Not as much time as a normal off season. That's definitely for sure. Um, yeah, I think that kind of just wraps things up, Aaron. Um, essentially, we're going to have a lot more to talk about next week. The practices are going to start Monday. We'll get to talk to the coaches and players um, and, and get a lot more information. Well, actually, the media will actually be out there to get a lot more information. So I'm pretty damn excited. Uh, I know you are to get more content out there, for, for, especially for the show, because it's, it feels like all it's been has been quarterback talk every week. But I don't think that'll change much. We'll just have other stuff, you know, other position battles to talk about. Where can everyone follow you on Twitter at, Aaron? Yep, you can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL, and you can read my work on thebearreport.com. Perfect. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Zach, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. You can follow the Bear Report on Twitter at Just Bear Report. And like I've said, you know, we'll be back next week. We'll have pl- plenty more content. We'll be out there at Hallis Hall um, covering the practices, so make sure you check back with the Bear Report. Also, please rate, review, and subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. Until next week, everyone stay safe. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com